Let's go. I'm a bulldog. What's up, everybody? This is Jeff Sintel. I'm that Dog Nation recruiting guy. Uh, hey, big day, big week. Always a big week here on Before the Hedges on Wednesday night. You used to call it Wednesday Night Live. Now it's Before the Hedges, sponsored by Kroger. We're talking all things Georgia football recruiting. Now, we got a, a busy show, good show coming up. I think the thing we got to talk about as you read your headlines as we tease on Facebook, hello, Facebook, as we tease on YouTube, hello, YouTube as well. But um, we're talking about Georgia's 16 early enrollees um, that came to campus this week. I think today was the first day of class. You saw a lot of cool images on social media, including a recent uh, trailer dropped by the uh, football UGA Twitter account of everybody on that big move-in day. Um, so we're going to talk about that. I think that's the biggest thing to talk about right now. And is you you might see in the, over the course of our show, we're going to debut kind of a new feature. And it may end up over here. It may end up over here. But uh, we're going to kind of try to give you guys like a an organic sort of a real-time feature about what we're going to talk about. Like uh, for tonight, we're going to talk about the early enrollees, 16 of them. And why I deem that to be so important. We're also going to talk about the 2021 target, Terry on Arnold. We're going to talk a little bit of news there on Terry and Arnold to talk about here tonight as well. Uh, the uh, 2022 targets, that's the second, second time we've ripped out uh, the guys that I feel are the most important recruits for Georgia on the board right now. And certainly that's subject to a lot of change. But, hey, it's early. I'm trying to give you guys a really good idea about the guys that I think are the really big fish in the deep water for Georgia in 2022. Um, we're also going to talk about Gunnar Stockton. You're going to see those 2022 top targets. Like I said, um, we're going to go through the, um, you know, the early enrollees, the guys that are on campus, the guys that are still going to come. And then also at the end of our show, we'll have our, uh, usual, uh, uh, we'll have our usual, uh, what we like to call our online chatter where I pick out a bunch of tweets. I know I've been a little bit slack on not giving you guys a whole lot of, uh, online chatter. And then I, Absolutely. At any point in the show, we can have random interactions and zigs and zags of a lot of uh, questions and answers. Uh, so that's kind of the that's kind of the teeing up of the show. I've got my uh, brand name golf ball right here. I'm going to try not to uh, be like my buddy Brandon Adams. And my I hear him in the back of my mind right now saying no free plugs, no free plugs. Don't give anything away for free. But we're going to tee up our brand name golf ball uh, tonight. We're going to try and hit that thing straight down the fairway. Uh, but that's kind of what we're talking about tonight. If there's something else you'd like to, you'd like to learn about, you'd like to know about, um, from team dog nation here on Wednesday night, we'll sit back, buckle up. We're going to spend about maybe 45 minutes to an hour talking about all things, Georgia football and Georgia football recruiting. Um, big news today. I guess the biggest news of the day also may want to make sure and mention that on the team side, that's Zamir White coming back. You know, to me, I kind of always thought Zamir was going to make a move to come back to Georgia. Um, I just think he had a – I just don't think the draft grade was going to be exactly what he wanted. I know he loves Georgia. I know he loves what the program has done for him, um, the, the progress he's made towards his, towards his degree, the rehab of both of his knees. Uh, and we saw glimmers of Zemir this year. I know folks would like to wonder about what Zemir White isn't right now. And uh, my quick take on that is, you know, there's a lot of times Zemir was not getting, you know, free releases, not getting – he was having to dodge a lot of guys – um, up at the line, he read a lot of times against some heavy boxes. 
uh, in between the tackles, and that's always very hard to do in the SEC. I think he ends up with around 800 yards this year, 10 or 11 touchdowns, and that's against an all-SEC schedule. So I think the best of Zamir White, I'm sure Dog Nation would certainly cross their fingers on that one and say the best of Zamir White is still to come. Uh, that's a quick take on all things uh, Zeus White. Uh, but I think the main entree of our show tonight is I want to take you guys through why I deem uh, the 16 early enrollees are so important. First and foremost, here's the, the reporter factual bullet point stuff you guys need to know. Um, I think the big thing for me is you see 16 early enrollees. So I went through all of the, all of the chatter. I went through all the records. I got some records back from uh, uh, the University of Georgia. And um, they, they've, we've been able to determine that that is very likely. We could almost like 98.7% sure that this is the – this is the largest, I don't even know why I make it 98.7%. This is the largest early enrollee mid-year recruiting class in program history. Um, I think one of the reasons why I deem this to be so important is, um, well, first of all, you've got a lot of pieces for Georgia that needed to enroll early. Uh, I, I'm going to look at a couple names really fast. Uh, I, I think it is of no coincidence to me is, I think we've got those slates up that that Michael can share, Michael Carvel, our ace producer, can share. Uh, we want to look first off at the um, guys that have enrolled, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So there's, there's 16 early enrollees, but I think the first thing that jumps out at me is the top seven highest-rated commitments in the class, signees in the class, are all going to enroll early. Uh, and you look at some areas which, which will certainly need it. You've got, uh, you know, David Daniel and Nylon Green as top 100 players for the back end of the secondary. Certainly going to be important with Georgia losing so many guys. Six out of those top seven players from the back end of the secondary. Uh, that's going to be vital to get those guys in. Um, most people do not know how hard it is. I think the hardest positions to play at Georgia would be the quarterback position and then the secondary. There's so many things these young men have to deal with, with installs and the amount of installations they'll do. I mean, sometimes in, in a given week, they'd go over like maybe 50 different installations. And that's just the concepts and the coverages they're going to line up in, uh, much less the checks and the reads that they'll have to make once they see what happens with the offense is trying to do with some motion or eye candy or things like that. That's vital. You've got your uh, probably one of the two guys. I think it's either Brock Vandegrift or Carson Beck, the quarterbacks of the future. Uh, Vandegrift can rehab that knee as well. Uh, Amarius Mims, that's the name I think we need to start with because Amarius Mims is a guy that I think could certainly play right away at Georgia now that he's enrolling early. That's one thing that Tate Ratledge, uh, Chad Lindbergh, and uh, Cedric Von Prom Granger, and also Broderick Jones didn't get a year ago. Those guys showed up around in June. I think that stunted their learning curve. And um, one other thing about Georgia and spring practice I want to bring to mind, and this was a good point I had chatting with Terrence Edwards earlier today. We were working on some projects that you guys will get to see soon, but um, Terrence had a very good point. Terrence said that, hey, why, why was Georgia uh, a couple clicks off with their offense when they had some optimum personnel at some point? And everybody will go, well, of course, Jamie Newman left, and then Georgia lost their, their kind of trigger man at quarterback. But I think the reason why perhaps Florida and also uh, – why Florida and also Alabama look so crisp offensively this year, think about it for a second. They did not have to bring in a new quarterback. 
They had quarterback continuity. They had offensive coordinator continuity. So while they're going through spring practices and drills, they're not installing a new offense via uh, Zooms. They're not doing this uh, digitally. So I think Terrence thought so, and I, I agreed with him, is I think that was a factor, much less moving in uh, Jamie Newman, moving out Jamie Newman, moving in Dwan Mathis, moving in Stetson Bennett IV. I think that was a major reason why maybe Georgia had some early hiccups or they just weren't crisp. They weren't fluid in what they were trying to do. You keep looking at these names, as you'll see going down this list, and here's another thing that's a big factor for me. Uh, it is no secret if you look at that. You go Mims, you go Vandegrift, you go Sorry. You go Munden. Those are the four or five stars that Georgia signed in this class. It's about average for Georgia now to enroll uh, four or five stars in any given cycle. Um, it's the number three class in the country. But you keep going down, you get Morris, you get Green, you get Daniel. Those are the seventh high, seven highest rated signees that Georgia signed. Very important. And then you see a couple other skill guys in Brock Bowers, Lavoisier Carroll. And very important here, too, is you see um, – as you see, looking down the line, you see Jonathan Jefferson out of Douglas County. I think it's going to be very interesting for me to see which one of those two guys, Tyrion Ingram Dawkins or Jonathan Jefferson, who has better ball get off. What I mean is a guy that gets off the ball quicker. Both those guys are really twitchy, really hyper fast on that. And then you see the two receivers that also come into this class along with Marlon Dean. Georgia signed right now. Georgia has three defensive linemen that they brought in this class. And all those guys are enrolling into Sinclair Sweatshop, Sinclair's program, the House of Pain, really early. I think that is beneficial for Georgia and what they're trying to do. You see Javon Bullard, another defensive back that also made his way into the fold this week. Um, that video's got some funny things. You see a player uh, talk, Kirby Smart's making a joke about that's the only time somebody's going to carry bags for you. Um, you see a couple other receivers in that as well. You see Brock Vandegrift with the, the Gator, the news thing on there. You see all those cool things about the guys moving in. Um, Javon Bullard, uh, Marlon Dean, Terry Ming and Dawkins. That's a good overview for how Georgia bringing in more guys than ever before. And I think it's going to be very important for continuity development of some of those pieces that might play early, um, that they're coming into the fold early. Now, the other uh, natural uh, kind of reactive question to what we're talking about here is, okay, Jeff, so who's not here yet? Who's not arrived yet? So there's four names. We have a graphic here that we've built for that. There's four names. Dylan Fairchild, he's going to try and win another state championship as a heavyweight wrestler in Georgia. Uh, Dylan Fairchild's not in. Jamon Dumas Johnson is not in. Kamari Lasseter, another incredible-looking, impressive uh, defensive back in the University of Georgia. Uh, he won't enroll early. And also Jared Wilson, another very key cog, key piece in what Matt Luke's trying to do is he kind of revolutionizes and um, retrofits Georgia's offensive line for what he's looking for. Um, Georgia's overall class, it goes 19 guys on offense, 11 guys on defense, 10 guys, 10 guys in state, 10 guys out of state. Uh, so that's a very, uh, very quick look to look at all that. Um, and I think naturally what it leads me to that's left here is, um, just trying to keep up with a lot of uh, keep up with a lot of things. Uh, I think I've been, you know one of the things that we, we've went through a lot of those guys right now. Uh, we, we've talked about the early enrollees. I think right now we have that uh, video available that University of Georgia just put out maybe about 
maybe 35, 45 minutes ago. Uh, here's a look at all those guys uh, that are that have enrolled early at the University of Georgia. They're moving into the ECV, the East Campus Village. Let's take a look at what moving day looked like uh, for the uh, class of 2021 here on Before the Hedges, brought to you by Kroger. So you see everybody, there's mom and dad. Everybody's got masks. Everybody's doing this the right way. You see boxes of hangers. Um, you'll see guys bringing in some of their like TVs, their, their game systems, their clothes, their sheets. You see the dorms, everybody moving in. I think you see uh, Todd Hartley there. You see uh, Kirby Smart there. Not always get the head, ball, the head ball coach, head football coach there on move-in day in these uh, – productions that are put together by Georgia on the first day of class or the moving day. But you see all those guys in there. You see a couple of the receivers. Didn't see big Amarius Mims in there. It'd be pretty hard to uh, not catch him. You don't see Micah. I didn't see Micah either. I didn't see uh, um, Lavoisier Carroll. I don't think I saw those guys. But you see a lot of the class moving in uh, to the, uh, the dorms. It's a sense of renewal. All these players coming in from the nation's number three recruiting class in the country. And for me, that's always a good kind of uh, segue for a lot of these guys going from recruit, going to uh, signee, and now they're on campus, bulldogs, ready to work, ready to ready to build and ready to get toward the, uh, the class of uh, 2021, making a name for itself between the hedges in Athens. Um, so that's a good wrap up there. Really good video. I'm glad Georgia was able to put that out right before our show. Um, right before our show. Um, the second thing I want to talk about, we discussed the early enrollees and we're going to kind of try to flow with this lower third. We're going to start to double box a lot of the things we're trying to do with our graphics and everything else uh, for the, for before the hedges in 2021, everybody's got to get better, right? Everybody's got to get a little bit better. Everybody's got to work on doing something better. So we're going to try to keep you guys involved and be a little interactive with what we have here. You, you've had, we've had a discussion on the early enrollees. You guys got a question, uh, hit me up in YouTube, hit me up in uh, Facebook and I'll make sure I try and get to that. Um, Accordingly, the second thing we got to talk about is Terry and Arnold. Terry and Arnold dropped his uh, top three over the weekend. And for me, it was really no surprise because when you talk to him as much as I've talked to Terry, um, it almost seemed like those were always the three schools. Excuse me, it was Alabama. And gosh, how what in the world can Alabama have done to increase the prestige and luster of their program over the last couple of months? Um you have Florida and you have Georgia. We had a really another good interview rep with uh, Terry and Arnold where I shared his thoughts on playing at home, uh, the pull to stay close to home. Uh, we had a uh, good overview of maybe how he compares Georgia and Alabama being recruited by both those schools. And we also had a kind of a, a really quick rip through, as I call it, what has changed? What are all the cases right now for each of those three schools? I tried to break them down as best I could. Uh, Alabama has signed five defensive backs, uh, not got a lot of room left in that class. I think they have 25 or 26 signees already. They also have Kamar Wheaton, the five-star running back that just committed. They're going to have to fit. They've also got a uh, five-star defensive end out of the state of Washington um, that they're going to try to uh, sign as well. I think they're fighting with Ohio State, a couple other schools for that guy. And then there's also Terry and Arnold they're trying to get. So scholarships are going to be scarce in Tuscaloosa. Arnold has said that they are holding one for him, which shows the type of player he is. 
Florida sees him as a safety. Georgia and Alabama see Terry on Arnold, or as T as a lot of people call him. Uh, they see him as a uh, – both of those schools see him as a corner. Um, Georgia only signed four DBs. Georgia lost uh, – is, is in the process of losing Tyreek Stevenson. They've lost um, – DJ Daniel, they've lost Eric Stokes, they've lost Richard LeCount, they've lost Mark Webb Jr. Um, they've, they've also lost uh, a lot of really important pieces, a lot of good starters. I think six out of the top seven defensive backs will have moved on from the University of Georgia. Uh, that's impressive to see uh, what Georgia has to offer now with all those, um, all that playing time that was wide open. And, you know, those, those that are following this story closely, like I am, will also know that Georgia lost Dijon Nugget Warren, probably the most plug and play ready 21 year old cornerback they had in the class. So that certainly adds to the uh, dialogue there with Terry and Arnold. Um, he wants to play basketball in college. I don't think that's a major factor, but that is a factor. And Terry and Arnold was scheduled actually this weekend to play in the Georgia, Florida all-star game. Um, a resurrection of a really great thing for Georgia high school football over the last uh, couple of decades, how they were bringing that game back. I learned um, earlier this week that Terry and Arnold will not be playing in that game. Kind of, kind of was always, it was kind of always kind of interesting for me that he had planned to do so. I think some of the official rosters for that game have him playing in that game, but he is not going to be playing in the Georgia, Florida all-star game down in the Miami area. Um, I think it's on the campus of Tras. It's at Tras Powell stadium. Uh, historic stadium down there in South Florida. I think that's where Teddy Bridgewater played. Um, a lot of big time players grew up playing in that area. Uh, he is not going to play in that game. The next time Terry and Arnold will play football, will be, uh, will step on a football field and compete will be at the next college. And that would be either Florida, Georgia, Alabama, Florida had some inverse momentum to their recruiting, to their, to their season to say the least. Um, they've also did not retain their uh, safeties coach, Ron English, or their cornerbacks coach, Tori and Gray. Uh, they did bring in uh, Wesley McGriff, the former defensive backs coach at Auburn, to be one of the two staff members to fill their secondary, to coach their secondary under Dan Mullen. So um, Florida also signed five defensive backs as well. Uh, Alabama, I think, has already signed three guys that I think would play corner. Um, so, you know, the case is there. It actually looks like now that Georgia has signed fewer guys at Terry and Arnold's position. He did establish his top three. He's going to make his top three known on December the 3rd. Um, so that's a lot to take a look at right there. Um, I hope uh, you guys got a question or two. I'm going to – let me see if I can go to uh, both Facebook and YouTube. Um early on in our show so I can see what everybody has to offer. Um, everybody doing okay tonight? Everybody uh, feeling good? Anybody get, went and got their groceries from Kroger tonight? Uh, you guys get, you guys went to the grocery store from Kroger tonight. Let me know. And uh be funny to see how everybody did and how everybody made out. Um, so Jose Cuevo, uh, Elite GB, how are you today, man? Uh, let's see. Got some thoughts there about uh, Latrevious Brini. Everybody's watching the Auburn game right now. Foghorn Leghorn. I would disagree. I don't think Georgia's done with his 2021 recruitment. Um, uh, some couple thoughts here from Taiwan Taylor. Jamari Soller can play himself into the first round. I'd look for Jamari to move in and play left guard. I think that's his future. I think the, the ability he flashed at left tackle this year would only enhance his draft stock and give him some versatility to play 
um, some really strong versatility to play in terms of uh, uh, all over the piece. Uh, Taiwan Taylor, hey, man, thanks for reading uh, the latest piece on Terry and Arnold. I hope you guys uh, are aware of that. You know, I think that helps Georgia. The one point I didn't mention earlier in our thoughts on Terry and Arnold is Georgia didn't really – I think Georgia getting Xavier and Sori Jr. really helped a lot. And Taron even said that. He's like, he's not going to lie. Uh, that is certainly a, a big reason to uh, consider Georgia. And it, it, it helped Georgia's uh, chances, uh, to say the least. Uh, Jay Shipes, Zamir White announced earlier today. Um, he announced earlier today. There's some uh, – Foster Moss brings up the point about uh, – the running back room. Well, they definitely do need um, one, two, three, four, five, six. They now have six running backs in the program. I'd look for Lavassier Carroll. Remember, Lavassier. I uh, think I want you to channel Buster Rhymes, everybody, and think about that song that has the uh, the, the lyric, the title track, uh, Cavassier in there. I mean, Lavassier as in Cavassier. I mean, that's how we laughed about it. That's I've been told several times that that's the way, that's the mnemonic, that's the memory trick in order to know how uh, to pronounce that name. Uh, Facebook, I just gave you guys a quick uh, a quick lap around everything. Let me get to the uh, Dog Nation uh, page as well. I want to take a quick, quick spin around some videos in order to catch up with everything. Um, all right, Richard Sheffield. Uh, thanks, man. Richard Sheffield gives a shout out uh, to grateful to those at the Kroger pharmacy. Richard, I know some very dear friends of mine that are in like day 12, day 13. They still got the fever. Um, they've tested positive. Um, some other guys, really strong men, very athletic men. They play a lot of tennis. They play a lot of, they do a lot of CrossFit. Um, they, they're like saying, this is some of the worst things they've ever been through with all this. Um, I know a guy, another good friend of mine, golfer, golfs all the time, works outdoors a lot. He said he it was like day nine for him, and then he that's when the double pneumonia came. So uh, uh, <laughs> Dan Kylie wants an article about Derek Stingley. Uh, got some basketball chatter in here as well. Um, Adam Mathis, uh, you know what, Mathis, I'm gonna normally I don't dabble in this, but uh, what about Ricks from LSU? Does Georgia have a shot? Adam, the first thing I'd say there is you need to see that young man in the portal first. I think that's when um, these sort of things can happen. And then after that, they would happen pretty fast. I do know this. Um, I can reference um, last cycle, uh, last year, uh, a guy, Kendall Milton, grew up playing with Elias Ricks. Um, that was a guy that he was working on to come to Georgia originally. Same thing with Keely Ringo. Those guys all knew each other from playing out on the West Coast. Uh, I would say this, if Ricks decides to enter the portal, which is a big step uh, to say the least, I think Georgia would have a shot there. I think Georgia would have a shot. Joel Moody's bringing up Christian Tut. Um, Christian's really been a great punt returner for, for uh, Auburn. That was one of his best skill sets coming in early. Uh, James Gatlin. Uh, oh, man, my bad for you, sir. James Gatlin says there's no Kroger in Lake Butler, Florida. But Peter Joffrey Wilson. Uh, oh, Joffrey. I wanted to give some English on, on that name, put some respect on that name. Uh, but uh, Peter Joffrey Wilson says that they are Kroger's in California now. Um, very interesting there. Um, Wes Underwood says North Augusta has a Kroger. Wes, I used to live in Evans. I went to uh, cover C.J. Bird a lot when he was playing at North Augusta. I remember uh, when I worked in Augusta, I worked for the Augusta Chronicle there many moons ago. 
Um, enjoyed my time there in uh, Columbia County and in Richmond County. It's good people down there. Um, anybody from uh, else from Evans or Augusta or Columbia County on the feet, if you are watching us on YouTube, uh, represent. Give us a, you know, just say Columbia County, Richmond County, Augusta, Aiken, anything in that area. If anybody's watching from those areas, uh, feel free to uh, say hello because I always like, uh, I used to, I think I worked for the Augusta Chronicle as the high school's reporter from 2004 to 2008, I believe. That was one of the many stops in my reporting career, um, kind of which kind of led me to where I am today and on dog nation before the hedges for the last four years. But um, guys, as we said, you got some good Kroger talk going here in the uh, comment section. That seems like the perfect time for us to bring in and import our always valued, our always subtle velvety um, radio, um, just syrupy voice of Brandon Adams and Kroger. I think that's a fine partnership as well. Take a listen, take a minute or two, uh, take about 30 seconds actually, and check out this message, this special message, which appears every week on Before the Hedges from Dog Nation. We'll get back to the show in just a moment, but first, a quick word from Kroger. Kroger has made shopping for the groceries and household essential items that you need even easier by offering free pickup. Just shop online, choose a pickup time convenient for you, and Kroger will carefully pick out your order and bring it to your vehicle when you arrive. So the next time you're ready to shop at Kroger, take advantage of the free pickup. It's just another way that Kroger is fresh for everyone. All right, guys, I believe we're back. Uh, we're back. Uh, I hope everybody enjoyed that message. I, hey, I like that. I got, I just gave a, a bunch of you guys, uh, uh, I just gave a bunch of you guys some likes on the uh, uh, Jeff Hillman. Hey, man. Uh, Brian Taylor, lots of AUG dogs on here. I went to, I don't know if you guys know this, but usually in normal times, I always go down to, uh, uh, I end up going down for uh, the Augusta Bulldog Clubs. Usually, their kickoff, um, their kickoff uh, banquet. Uh, it's right off Washington Road, right across from Augusta National. Um, Jeffrey Brown, how are you? Uh, Robbie Lester, uh, so cool. Got a little uh, Richmond County. Uh, Brian Taylor, uh, got a lot of Richmond County and uh, Columbia County. Everybody in that area. Um, Good hanging out with everybody. So, and so we also got in the Facebook chat, we got a, uh, uh, <laughs> we also got a uh, reference to Sanders Cummings. Now that's a guy, really good dude, man. I've met him. I've, I've met him a bunch. I wrote about him. I covered him when he was in high school. Uh, I spoke to him recently. I think I caught up with him at the, uh, uh, I want to say that was at a, a 707 event at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. He had a chance to chat with him. He also had a chance to try to play some baseball as well. There are some very good people in uh, Augusta, Richmond County, that type of area. Walter MacArthur, God bless you, sir. Hope everything is well. 
Kevin Brown checking in from Fort Worth, Texas. All right. So let me get uh, back on point now. If, if, if our graphics our, our graphics are coming together, this is the part of our show where we talk about Gunnar Stockton. Now, um, I think we have the tweet where from Gunnar Stockton where he made the decision. To me, it was kind of it was kind of inevitable when you saw the traction that was coming out of that program. Uh, no Will Muschamp, uh, no uh, Mike Bobo. Mike Bobo moves to Auburn. Um, gets very interesting now uh, with the decommitment from Gunnar Stockton. I'm going to say two things, and I'm going to say them um, with the uh, utmost uh, sincerity. Number one, uh, I think this will still be a hard decision for Gunnar Stockton. Georgia was in his top two uh, with South Carolina. Uh, now Auburn is in the mix. You've already seen some crystal balls from guys that cover Auburn uh, very well uh, that they eventually predict with a weak strength, I would say. Um, I think the strength level was around a four or five for Gunnar Stockton to eventually uh, sign with Auburn and commit to Auburn. Um, I would look for Gunnar Stockton to get this thing done um, prior to his senior year because he doesn't want that to be a distraction. Gunnar, should he have another Gunnar Stockton type year? I think he accounted for something like 70 touchdowns this year. Um, should he have another type year, he would basically own a lot of the biggest marks in the Georgia high school football record book. I think he's maybe only about – I think I did this math. I think he's only about 600, 700 yards behind Brock Vandegriff for what he's done so far in his first three years of high school football. Um, if Gunnar Stockton puts together another, um, you know, 3,000, 4,000-yard season throwing the ball, I think he would pass Trevor Lawrence as the all-time leading high school passer in the state of Georgia, much less touchdown passes, uh, that sort of thing. So Gunnar Stockton is gunning for a lot of big records. Um, I, I'll say this, and I, this is one thing that I want to make sure that I, if I see it online, I, I know everybody has their own own opinions, and normally logic would, would lead uh, me to say that everyone's opinion on Gunnar Stockton uh, is probably not the opinion that I have. And what I mean by that is uh, most feel that Gunnar would um, just take a look at Brock, Carson Beck, and JT Daniels and say, you know what, Georgia, adios. Uh, a lot of good connections there. There's Charlie Warner. Um, you know, he was a good acquaintance with, J with Jake Fromm as well uh, when he was the quarterback at Georgia. Um, I, I just don't think if Gunnar Stockton wanted to play for Georgia and his family, they sat down, they chopped it up and they said, you know what, Georgia just makes the most sense. I don't think this family, I don't think Gunnar Stockton would shy away from who's there. I really don't. They, they understand that family's from a culture of competitors. His older sister, Georgia, is a scholarship basketball sophomore at Presbyterian uh, College. Um, his dad is, is in the Hall of Fame as a safety at Georgia Southern. His mother was a fantastic college basketball player, high school basketball player as well. Um, I don't think they're going to worry about somebody being good in his way. Uh, if Georgia's the move for him, if Georgia's the one that feels right, they're going to chop it up. They're going to sit down. They're going to pray about it. They're going to think about all those relationships. Uh, and if Georgia's the move, I don't think he's going to worry about who's there. I think that's one thing. I don't know if people really, um, if, if I don't, the popular opinion and the logical opinion there, I don't know if, I don't, I don't think I feel that way. I think that's the, the best thing I can say there. Um, he's not going to shy away from a competition and by putting his weight belt on and rolling up his sleeves and going to work. If he thinks the best place for him in his future would be at the university of Georgia. Um, so, yeah, but the thing there with Auburn is I think, man, if, if, if side road here, first of all, how, how much rougher can the first three weeks or so be for Shane Beamer? I think he's, 
there's there's news today about Tracy Rocker. There's you know you already lose Will Friend and you lose Mike Bobo. They go to Auburn. Um, just not a very good start. Now the decommitment from Gunnar Stockton, even though he still has Connor Shaw on staff. Um, you know the the other thing that I think sparks all this interest to Auburn is the Bobo family. And that's Mike Bobo, the offensive coordinator, but his father, George Bobo, he's trained a lot of quarterbacks across the state. Um, they come up to Rabin County. Um, they're just really dear friends with the Stocktons. Um, George Bobo has, was basically was the guy. Uh, if you guys wrote, read that story, I wrote about Gunner. I think it was about a year ago where, you know, Gunner has a CB radio Gunner races livestock um, the guy that really first taught him to really spin a football and spin a football the right way uh, was George Bobo. So there's a long, there's a long connection there, a strong, vital uh, family connection there with the Bobos, and I think that's going to help Auburn in the long run. And I tell you this: if the succession plan certainly makes sense for Auburn, they'd have one more year of, of Bo Nix. Uh, maybe you'd have to sit one year under Bo Nix, but then there would be a clear succession plan. Certainly would give some juice to the uh, rivalry there. Uh, Auburn, Alabama would give uh, Auburn another great quarterback to build around because I think that program needs it with what they're trying to do with bringing in an outsider from the SEC ranks. But look what, um, you know, the new Auburn coach has done so well. He's brought in Derek Mason. He's brought in Will Friend. He's brought in Mike Bobo. Great recruiters that know all the high schools in the Southeast. You got Tennessee. You got uh, South Carolina now. You've got uh, the state of Georgia, of course, Alabama, Tennessee, areas like that. So um, certainly, um, you know, new Auburn coach, new Auburn staff there has found a guy that realizes what he needs to do to compete, especially in the state of Alabama when you're talking about a guy going head-to-head -head with Nick Saban and guys like that on the recruiting trail every day. Very, very hard to do. Um, and, you know, with Gunnar Stockton, I'm not trying to sound like Forrest Gump as I say this because I'm talking about Alabama and a university in, in Alabama in Auburn. But I think that's about all uh, All I wanted to put across tonight on our on our show tonight about Gunnar Stockton. It'll be very interesting to see what happens there. Uh, one other thing I think, uh, as you'll see, with a, with a pretty good segue here uh, to our top targets, uh, Gunnar Stockton's name will still show up as one of our top targets for 2022. Because I feel uh, the way I, I process everything, the way I listen to everything, the way that everything that comes into my information funnels from a lot of different sources, I still think uh, if Georgia could sign any quarterback in the 2022 class, that would be Gunnar Stockton. Uh, I don't think they worry about stacking up a lot of the prospects because I think this year, the 2022, the 2020 season is exhibit A that uh, you can never have too many talented quarterbacks when you had to go down the depth chart. Uh, when you see JT Daniels wasn't ready, you see Jamie Newman who opted out of the season. You had to bring in Stetson Bennett. I mean, there was a point and you saw, you know, what happened with Dwan Mathis as well. Uh, I think, I think a program that competes for championships top five every year, like the university of Georgia, uh, they have no excuses for not having at least two or three capable quarterbacks that can that can go out there and give them a, a give them a fighter's chance or a puncher's chance to win every football game they play. Certainly, Stetson Bennett the fourth did that, knocking off Auburn, knocking off Tennessee, playing pretty well against uh, Alabama. All all things considered, um, I just think Georgia does, and it's in the championship business. Uh, look what happened uh, this year with Trevor Lawrence. Look what happened this year with the injury to Justin Fields. Football is a physical and violent game, and you've got to have capable uh, quarterbacks underneath uh, your starter or your incumbent in order to make that engine go. Um, let's jump into the uh, top targets. 
I know each week we, we kind of go from uh, number 12 down to number one. I want to speed through those guys as well. Um, number 12, you have uh, the strong side defensive end, Shamar Stewart. He's a five-star out of Florida. Monsignor Pace out of Opalaka, Florida. Number 11 is a guy that I really enjoy the chance getting to talk to already, getting to cover already. Big Bear Alexander, his, his high school is playing for the uh, state championships in Texas on Friday. Folks, hard to believe, but in Texas where football is everything and everything is bigger, they're still playing their high school state championships and a lot of their 5A, 6A, and 7A schools will decide their championships. This weekend, uh, no, number that's number 11, Bear Alexander. Uh, Bear Alexander is going to take a while. Uh, when I talked to him about his recruiting, I think he told me he wants to take as long as possible with his decision. He's out there in Texas, but Georgia has already established a strong baseline of recruiting um, with him. Uh, number 10, Jeremiah Alexander. I think he would be an inside linebacker at Georgia or Alabama. He's a former commitment to Alabama. He's a back-to-back -back state champion. The young man can uh, power clean 390 pounds. I've got him at number 10. I think Georgia has a strong shot there with Jeremiah Alexander, but I certainly, uh, if not for the respect that he used to be an Alabama commitment, he's in the state of Alabama, roughly about 30 miles outside of Tuscaloosa. Really the only reason he decommitted from Alabama is the first place because is he felt it was taking away from his high school experience and trying to chase championships there for Thompson High School. That's why he's number 10. Number nine is Travis Shaw. Georgia got into a good spot when they could um, before the pandemic wall came down with the number two defensive tackle in the country out of Grimsley High School in Greensboro, North Carolina. Number eight, I'm going to say this very fast. Brennan Thompson has a verified 10-1-8 time uh, in the 100 meters. That's faster than Arian. That's faster than Keely Ringo. That's faster than Tyson Campbell. It's faster than just about everybody, uh, except maybe Emory Floyd, another guy in the 2020 uh, two class that Georgia has their eyes set on as a safety and as a special teams performer. Um, Brennan's number eight. Number seven, the aforementioned Gunner Stockton out of Raven County in Tiger, Georgia. Impressive player, big time velocity on his arm. He's only about six foot one, runs the ball a lot. Uh, I don't know if he'd be able to, if his legs would be called on as much in college. Um, Gunner Stockton, uh, certainly uh, a name. Uh, you know, again, these top targets lists, these are not the best players pound for pound. I think it's the best fits that that kind of that kind of hit the spokes of need, ability, um, the chances Georgia has. Um, you know, I probably, you know, considering the decommitment, it, it, would, it would have been easy for me to move up Gunner maybe one or two spots. But I still feel really strongly about Georgia's needs and uh, the chances for Georgia to try and bring in some of these guys that are go up higher than them. Number six is Daniel Martin out of Marietta High School. Daniel, he's an All-American. He's been an All-American. He was on a state championship team as a sophomore. One of those guys that I think would be an ideal outside linebacker um, against spread hurry-up teams. You could move him down and I can play like all over the scheme. It could be a little bit of a safety. It could be a little bit of a star. Very versatile uh, uh, defensive player. Number five is a three-star. Folks, this guy is a five-star waiting to happen as soon as the evaluation happens. Branson Robinson out of Germantown High School in Madison, Mississippi. Branson, <coughs> um, I think he ran for 1,800 yards and 20 touchdowns in, in about 12 games. Excuse me, eight games as a junior. 
I'm going to say it. You certainly get Nick Chubb vibes when you watch Branson Robinson um, carry the football uh, out of Germantown High School in Madison, Mississippi. Number four is a guy I got a chance to write about this weekend. Hope everybody saw the Jalen Walker story. Jalen Walker never spoke to a young man quite like this. Um, I know I've covered guys that wanted to be a podiatrist, an archaeologist, a guy that wanted to study insects, uh, guys that wanted to be weathermen. Uh, football players that wanted to do a whole lot of things. But Jalen Walker is my first orthodontist. He's an All-American. His dad is a college head coach at Catawba College in Salisbury, North Carolina. Um, he's the nation's number four outside backer. I think he's probably going to be an inside backer for the majority of time in high school. Georgia's in its top six. Jalen Walker, folks, knew he wanted to be an orthodontist before he knew he wanted to play in the NFL. Uh, Jalen Walker is already – for a couple of years, I've been told, kind of job shadowing orthodontists already. Um, he's got a 4.0. Uh, he, he just checks every stinking box on the grid, and he kind of creates new boxes, and he checks those off as well. Jalen Walker, number four, I'd look for him to make his decision sometime in the next two or three months. Clemson, North Carolina, Auburn, uh, Ohio State, and Alabama, those are the schools there, I think, for Jalen Walker. Um, let me see, North Carolina, Georgia, Clemson. Auburn, Ohio State, Alabama. Yeah, those are the schools in his top six. Uh, certainly got the right schools in his top six. He was recently re-offered by Auburn uh, by the new staff, so you would think the relationships on that staff are a little bit behind a couple of others. Um, Jalen Walker visited Clemson in North Carolina prior uh, to the pandemic, and then uh, Jalen Walker uh, saw North Carolina play as a fan at a regular season game this year. And then he saw Clemson face Notre Dame in Charlotte in the ACC championship game. And this, get this, this might be a little bit something to think about as you guys wonder how can Georgia wrestle away a player like Jalen Walker away from uh, the likes of Clemson and North Carolina in his home state. Well, Jalen Walker was scheduled to be a fan in the stands, buy a ticket for the Vanderbilt game. When the Vanderbilt game was canceled, Jalen Walker still made his way with his family uh, to come check out Georgia. They, they went around the town. They took pictures in the bookstore. You see the story on dognation.com. Instead of guys taking pictures in the jersey with all the gear in the locker room, Jalen Walker was taking a picture next to the mannequin inside the UGA bookstore, uh, and that mannequin was dressed out in Georgia colors. Uh, and they, that was his picture on his uh, no-contact self-guided visit across uh, Clark County in Athens, Georgia. Just to want to see what a weekend looked like, even a non-game weekend. Number three, Emmanuel Henderson. What can you say about this kid? It's a five-star running back. I'm going to write about him on dognation.com tomorrow. Um, Georgia made his top ten. He's the nation's number one number one running back in the country. If you wanted to look at these um, running backs in the top targets list, Emmanuel Henderson is uh, more like Sony Michelle. Branson Robinson is more like Nick Chubb. Uh, Emmanuel Henderson uh, has been to Georgia uh, before. Um, certainly Georgia, I think, the school has a good shot with him. Auburn, Alabama, Loom, so does Clemson. Uh, a lot of schools he needs to check out once the pandemic curtain raises. Uh, number two, Mikel Williams, Hardaway, Columbus, Georgia. Georgia's in his top ten. I think he's going to establish a top three sometime in May. He's going to commit on a certain day in August. Mikel Williams had 17 sacks as a uh, – junior for Hardaway High School in Columbus. Uh, he dominated the Georgia Elite Classic. I think he had three or four sacks in that game. Also played some offensive tackle. Uh, this is another guy that I think is a five-star, almost out of the chrysalis there. I think that's the first time um, we use the word chrysalis on our Before the Hedges show. So I always like to um, drop some uh, cool lexicons, some cool syntax in our show. 
Um, keeping up the pace. I'm trying to I'm speed through this a lot. There's a lot of names to remember. Malachi Starks, uh, Jefferson High School, played quarterback for that team. I think he's a safety. He's rated as a five-star athlete. I'm going to say this. Quickest way I can say this in the little info blurb I can give you about Malachi Starks is I think he's one of the one of the easily one of the, the six or seven most impressive guys on and off the field that this Kirby Smart staff at Georgia has ever recruited. That's why he's number one on this list. Uh, he is a winner. Uh, he gets it. Uh, very special young man on and off the field, um, driven by things that I think would make him a uh, a guy very likely to succeed and surround himself with positive people in his college career. I'm going to go through quickly. I'm going to go through very quickly. Um, we've got another slide here, the 18 other big names to know. Um, Keytron Fatman Allen out of IMG Academy. One quick thing about him is he plays with uh, – he's played with Lavoisier Carroll. as kind of a 1A, 1B running back with Lavoisier at IMG Academy. Uh, Kojo Antwi uh, out of uh, Lambert High School in Sewanee. Kojo recently told me that his kind of leaders right now, quasi-leaders right now, are Ohio State and Georgia. Very interesting that Georgia's in the pecking order right there for a receiver that already fancies himself some Ohio State as well, even if he's an in-state prospect. Uh, another running back there is Javante Barnes. He was a former teammate of Darnell Washington. Um, you got Tyler Booker there. Uh, I think Georgia, Florida, some other schools right there. He's actually from Connecticut. He's a Connecticut native. Uh, Braden Davis, Oscar Delp. I think Oscar Delp, um, for me, he's been told – he told me that Georgia's told him for over, over six or seven months now that he's the number one target at tight end in the class. Um, Delp's a really good player. Just got a recent um, – offer from Clemson if uh, Georgia wouldn't so uh, flush right now with tight ends in terms of what they've done recently in terms of Darnell Washington uh, and then and then uh, I got you know Brock Bowers another all-American top three tight end in the 2021 cycle um, Delp would probably be the name that I would probably move if there were 13 names on this list that would be Delp if there were 14 I'd probably put Emory Floyd there Emory Floyd's told me recently that He's going to make his decision on May the 7th. I'd be watching for that. Uh, he wants to go under 21 seconds in the 200. Whew. Folks, that's just really fast. Really, really fast. Um, Jordan James is another running back out of Oakland, Tennessee. Um, going down the list here, uh, I want to pull out a couple of names. Uh, Sam uh, Mbake. Uh, uh, Sam Mbake. He's a guy out of Brookwood. He did some good play over the weekend at a uh, national seven-on-seven pylon uh, competition. Uh, Kristen Miller, name you're going to hear a little bit later in our online chatter. Uh, Quayshawn Sapp out of Lee County and Leesburg. That's another name. And I'm going to say this for the second straight week just because I think it's so stinking cool. Um, Tevin White out of North Stafford High School in Stafford, Virginia, one of the top six, seven running backs in the country. Uh really fits what George Georgia's in his top six really fits what Georgia's trying to do in terms of a three down running back kind of got a lot of, he's a big kid now he's about six foot two, but kind of got a little of that Donovan Edwards type flavor to his game. Ito Smith um, for those Todd Munkin fans out there, but I want to bring up Tevin white simply because he was actually named after uh, Tevin Campbell, the great uh, early 1990s uh, hip hop artist. Um, funny things, you know, when you pick up, when you recover these guys, Tyson Campbell, I don't know if I've ever shared this story with you guys. Tyson Campbell was not named after Tyson, Mike Tyson. He was named after the model Tyson Beckford that I, I think appeared in all those uh, Fast and Furious movies or whatever. Um, named after that guy, uh, his family thought he would have some, they hoped for him to have some um, model type looks right there. 
that's a quick look through the 2022 class. Um, now, like I said, I promised you, we hadn't been uh, on our P's and Q's. We haven't been ripping out uh, a lot of the online chatter of late, but we've got that for you guys tonight. There were a couple of things I wanted you guys to see that caught my attention. I think the first thing I want to roll through is the Gunner Stockton decommitment tweet, which came with the uh, um, traditional no interviews, please. Uh, I think you see as you read that, um, you read that uh, on the screens right now that uh, wasn't an easy decommitment. And there's a sincerity to Gunner as well that he, he hoped that came across with that tweet. Um, Another tweet here I want to bring to mind from the Atlanta Touchdown Club. The Atlanta Touchdown Club has an honor called Mr. Georgia Football, where they give it to the – you got to be first a pretty stinking good player and have a great season, but it's also a player whose ability, values, um, prestige, kind of scope, uh, represents the best of Georgia high school football. That honoree this year was Brock Vandegrift. Uh, Brock uh, threw for over 4,000 yards. Um, ran for, I think, a little over 500. I think he's one of four players in the state of Georgia that has ever had the ability to do that. Uh, quite an exclusive list, considering there's only about maybe eight or nine guys that ever threw for 4,000 yards. Trevor Lawrence never threw for 4,000 yards when he was a high school uh, legend in the uh, state of Georgia at Cartersville. Um, former winners of that Mr. Georgia Award. Let me show you how select this company is. Pretty big trophy, too. It's a huge football. It's probably about that big. Normally, they give it away in non-COVID times at a, a swanky uh, banquet in uh, Metro Atlanta, right around uh, Truist Park. Let me make sure I call that the right thing as it is right now. But um, previous winners, first one was Jake Fromm. Second one was Justin Fields. The third one was Dylan Fromm. And then the fourth one was Georgia Tech running back Jameer Gibbs. And now the fifth one is Brock Vandegrift, uh, certainly a very deserving guy there. Um, recent tweet, I think this came up today from Kristen Miller. I mentioned him as one of the top targets in the defensive line and the others considered 18 other big names to know. Uh, Kristen Miller, um, he has a tweet that says he's tagged Mikael Williams and he's tagged Quayshawn Sapp. Where are we going? Guys, those are three of the bigger targets for Georgia in the uh, 2022 class, they make it seem like they both want to play. All three of them want to play together. Those three guys are also, I'm talking really tight with Tiff County commitment right now, Tyree West uh, out of Tifton. Uh, those guys, I've always made it clear to me that they want to play together. A uh, couple tweets from Coach Schumann that kind of show you move in day a little bit. Um, the first one is Xavier Sori Jr. Uh, that's the inside linebacker. Another guy that I think when we were going over our early enrollees and how vital they are for this program, um, it's good that those guys are both in early. Smile Munden Jr., that's the other tweet right here. He's kind of overcoming, uh, coming back from a, a knee, knee surgery. Uh, I was told after the procedure and then even when, when uh, Smile Munden committed to Georgia in early December uh, that he probably was going to be about 90% when he first got to Georgia. It'd be interesting to see how quickly he, he rehabs and is ready to go at full speed under uh, Ron Corson's care. Uh, Neat little tweet from David Daniel. David Daniel uh, noted um, the day he was packing up and getting ready to move to Georgia uh, was two years to the day when he got his offer from Georgia. Georgia was his 13th offer. It was certainly a very lucky offer for David Daniel and also, um, and also Georgia. Uh, another tweet from uh, – we had a tweet earlier in our online chatter about Brock Vandegrift. This one's actually from Brock Vandegrift's account. Um, 
pretty cool here. You see a message there from Brock about what it feels like for him to be going into uh, enrolling at Georgia. As it kind of pulls up on the screen, I'm going to read along with it. Um, just shows you a lot about his faith, um, kind of how he's wired. He says, Lord, I thank you for another day. As I start college tomorrow, I just wanted to say thank you one more time for everything. And then the hands raised prayer emoji. Um, Brock um, just spent a good week in uh, Florida Panhandle right around Pensacola Bay. Uh, they were doing some fishing right there. I think they were they, they had a pretty good haul, but that was certainly a, a trip that he and his family had looked forward to before he made that transition to college football player. Probably won't be as many tears for mom and dad. Um with Brock considering as how he's going to be 10, 15 minutes away, maybe much easier for him to stay, stay close to his family. A uh, couple of other tweets I want to get through. One of them is a, you know, a decommitment tray on web Georgia spoke to him. He basically thought he committed too early. I think it was mostly forced by schools like Oklahoma and Ohio state coming in hard on him, um, recruiting him heavily. Uh, Trey on webs was offered by Todd Hartley when he was in the seventh grade. Uh, he was a seventh grader. Um, he got to see him compete when he was came, we came to look at Marcus Crowley, who eventually wound up at Ohio State. He actually was the back that played a lot after Master Teague in the national championship game for Ohio State. But uh, he was there to see Crowley. He was committed to Miami at the time. And uh, he noticed the seventh grader kind of ripping through the defense when they were kind of out of bodies to run the ball against the first team defense. Georgia's still in his top six. He told me he's going to take a while before he makes his next decision. Uh, Quayshon Sapp, and guy we mentioned a couple times earlier in the 18 other big names, and also that tweet from Christian Miller. He, I think he drops his top 10 this week. He has a revised top 10. George is in the mix there. I think George is going to be a very strong player, player for Quayshon Sapp. He's from the state of Georgia, played in the state championship game for Lee County, played at center. I think he could be a center or guard one of those interior guys that Georgia always needs to pick up. I don't have offensive line as a major priority for the 2022 class simply because Georgia has scattered, smothered, chunk, cap, diced every possible elite all American type lineman over the last couple of years. They've gotten some centers. They've gotten some guards. They've gotten some franchise prototype tackles as well. Um, Two more tweets as we're ripping through them. We mentioned this earlier, Terry on Arnold. There's his top three. Basketball is a thing to him. You see him with the two basketball images there on the screen. Um, Alabama, Georgia, and Florida. I think uh, Georgia got the number one jersey. Florida got the number one jersey. They're in this middle right there. Alabama got the number two jersey. He's visited all three of those, and he plans to visit all three of them again before he makes up his mind. Uh, we mentioned a 2023 decommitment. Here's a 2023 Commitment, the uh, six foot four, 305 pound defensive tackle, seven cloud um, from McEachern High School in Powder Springs. Big guy, big physical guy, certainly a guy that can help Georgia, especially if he develops after two more years. Uh, he just, he, he was ready to commit to Georgia and he wanted to be tested and go up against the guys, the type of offensive lineman that the University of Georgia is going to attract. There you have it. That is a lot of information. On the 2022 class, there is your online chatter. Uh, let me see what everybody's going on. Uh, Hugh Nash. Yes, sir. I do, man. I remembered your name because uh, Nash is a very big name in Georgia football history. Are you related to any Nashes that used to play for the uh, University of Georgia? Um 
see what else is going on here. Um, <laughs> funny things going on in there. Uh, funny thing, we got we got a Hugh, Hugh Nash gives us a Zach Evans sighting in the uh, in the uh, chat. Um, uh, Ryan Elwood says, Mike Kroger in Cobb County is a five-star establishment. You think we have risk in the attrition in the running back room with both Cook and Zeus coming back and lack, lack of snaps available for all? I, I think the thing to consider there is I, I'd look for uh, Lavoisier to be kind of used maybe a, as a red shirt or maybe as a kick returner. I think Dejon Edwards showed he can kind of be a guy that can get things done. I think the thing you got to look at, uh, and I'm going to just speak very honestly here, is uh, – Zamir might have be the healthiest back for Georgia over the last two years of the guys that are still in that room. You know, Kendall Milton had the setback this year. Kendall Milton also had a setback during his senior year um, Buchanan High School in Fresno. Tough kid, physical kid. I think it's probably just some bad luck more than anything. But you've had two seasons there where he's missed some time. James Cook has missed some time. Uh, Kenny McIntosh has missed some time. I think it just goes to show that you can you you always need to make sure you have two or three guys in the running back room. I would look for uh, I would look for James Cook to give you a little bit more action in the passing game and on third downs. Uh, we got a final guys. I know you guys are maybe paying some attention to the Georgia Auburn basketball game. I think Georgia had some problems um, just playing good fundamental basketball, getting rebounds, boxing out, kind of working the glass, had trouble shooting, and they fell 95 to 77 tonight to Auburn and Bruce Pearl. Um, John William Adams. Yeah, that's what I brought up. I brought up Trayon Webb as well. You know, the one thing, John, that I think is going to be very complicated there is I want to mention this as well is so – it's kind of a yin and yang for everything. So Georgia gets a decommitment from Trayon Webb, but yet I think it was going to be very hard for Georgia to, to end up with the three. Like there, there's three really just great googly moogly, impressive workhorse stalwart five-star backs in the 2023 cycle. There's Justice Haynes, there's Richard Young, and there's Trayon Webb. So, and it's funny how you see some of the services think that uh, Trayon Webb might be an athlete. He's still rated as an athlete. He fancies himself. He says he would rather – he enjoys playing corner. He enjoys playing defensive back. He finds it more fun. Uh, but, folks, Trayon Webb is a high school sophomore, and he is already squatting 500-plus pounds, and he is probably now closing in on a 300-pound power clean. Those are things that lead you to be a ball carrier and to deliver a blow and punish guys. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball. Don't meet too many DBs that can power clean 300 and squat 500 in their sophomore season. That's why I see him as running back. Uh, Brian Marcoulier uh, wants to know, with Georgia's secondary losing so much, do I think it's improved their chances with Arnold? I think it has. I think uh, he told me that uh, he was already thinking the playing time was going to be strong for him this year anyway. Knowing guys that were moving on, and now you subtract Tyreek Stevenson, and you subtract tire, and you subtract. Um, uh, obviously, you subtract Tyreek Stevenson, but also you subtract um, Dejon Nugget Warren, that was supposed to be a big part of this class. Now he's at Jackson State. It certainly makes things even more kind of wide open. Uh, I had a note on uh, talking about that on uh, forum.dognation.com where we we kind of jumped into like you know, hey, what's up with that? 
And uh, I came up with a phrase, and this is because my bride and I have just now started watching um, the series Yellowstone on streaming. We've heard about it from so many people. But right now, I think Georgia's defensive backfield looks about as expansive as the Dutton Ranch or Yellowstone in that show. I mean, it is just wide open how quickly a talented guy like Terry and Arnold, should he choose Georgia, would have a chance to play there. Um, Ryan Elward. I think Ryan Elward's trying to figure me out. He knows if he somehow drops Kroger into a question um, that that's, I'm more likely to uh, bring that up. Ryan, I, I, it's very smart of you to do so, but I just really look for detailed questions. Um, detailed questions. And you had a definitely uh, a detailed question. Uh, we got some guys. Uh, Joel Moody has a question. Uh, who is the under radar non-five-star recruit that you think could come in and contribute as a freshman? Uh, yours is Nylon Green. I would say it would be Terry and Arnold. Um, should he choose Georgia? I think that would be the guy that would come in and immediately be a guy that I think would play early. Uh I think David Daniel could play a lot on special teams. For me, the answer, I keep coming back to this. Uh, it's either Brock Bowers, because I don't think Georgia um, has a guy like that in the program that's 6'3", 235, runs a 4'5", strong as an ox, uh, got about a 35, 38 vertical. I don't think Georgia has a guy like that. And then the other guy I think should probably play right away uh, uh, based on merit, not on need, would be Tyrion Ingram Dawkins, uh, foot five, about 305. I think he had a procedure. Uh, he had to make sure he got cleaned up uh, early on, um, maybe before he reported to Georgia. But um, I think Dawkins is going to have a good future at Georgia. I really do, especially being you know kind of trained by uh, Trey Scott. I think the corners, uh, Javon Bullard and uh, Kamari Lasseter, are also very vastly underrated. And the last two names for me, folks, Jared Wilson. Jared Wilson. Jared Wilson. That's all I got to say. Movement intelligence, uh, tenacity. Um, I just like everything about Jared Wilson's game. And then another name that um, Jamon Dumas Johnson, the inside backer out of St. Francis Academy, true inside backer, although he was at one point rated as an outside backer. I think he plays quicker than Shamal London does. Now, I'm not going to say he's going to play more. I'm not going to say he's going to play better. I don't say he's going to have a better career, but I think he plays faster than uh, – Munden and maybe even Sori, because I think Sori might be the guy that would might play uh, outside, might can play outside as well, especially given the attrition now for George at the position. No Z's, uh, no Jermaine Johnson, uh, that sort of thing. It'd also, be very interesting to see maybe what happens with a guy like uh, everybody forgets about this name, Walter Grant. What's he going to be? Is he still a part of this program? Is he still on the roster in 2021? Um, another name, Robert Beal Jr. as well. That was a guy that had thought about Portland last year, pulled his name out of the hat and stayed in the program. Um, very interesting to see what happens there also with a, you know, a guy. I mean, Robert Beal, people forget in the 2017 class, he was an Under Armour All-American. Uh, he, uh, he was a top five defensive end. Uh, I think he was a number four defensive end in the country at one point. Uh, he lost his fourth, fifth star eventually, but uh, Beal's a guy that, I mean, now he's 17, 18, 19. He's like four or five years outside of his high school senior year. Very developed young man. I think he has a chance. He's, he's gotten some spot duty this year as well for George as well. So um, pre 
appreciate uh, all those questions. I want to give one, one last pass on our Before the Hedges show uh, brought to you, everybody, by Kroger. Try to, try to get through a lot of uh, questions. Um, somebody bet me the other day that they didn't think I uh, could, uh, could get through 30 questions in a show tonight and get everything else I want done. And I, one of the things I try to do is I try to get through a lot of questions every day, every one of these shows. Um, uh, Jordan Harris, is Georgia for sure getting a quarterback in the 2022 class? I think that's the intent. Georgia does need a quarterback in the 2022 class because you would be losing JT Daniel. Um, what would be Stetson Bennett's future beyond the 2021 season? Um, what's going to happen with Brock versus Carson? I think eventually one of those guys is going to um, figure out who's the man and who's not and then move on. I don't know how long both of those guys will wait. I can't see both of them waiting uh, more than a couple seasons uh, to figure out where they are in Georgia's plans. That's why I think you always got to get a quarterback every year. Um, <laughs> Elite G GB says he doesn't have any questions. All these shows we do, you're set. Uh, uh, Dream XP, waking up early in the Middle East, good show. Hey, hey, Dream XP, what are you over there in the uh, in the Middle East for? Uh, if you're serving our country and protecting our nation, um, we thank you for that as well. Uh, Crow King one two three brings up Arian Smith. Let me tell you this: I have a dream, and I, I the dream is that Arian Smith becomes the marquee return man for Georgia. And he does better things than even McCole Hardman Jr. did, makes more plays. Uh, I think Arian Smith could be to Georgia. Give him another year. Junior year, he could be to Georgia, maybe about 85% of what Jalen Waddle was for Alabama. Um, Let me see. Uh, yeah, Crow King brings it up. He Tyrion Ingram Dawkins was the best uh, player. He was the very. It, it was very unique to see a defensive lineman in Tyrion Ingram Dawkins who didn't have like eighteen sacks and you know forty tackles for losses. Uh, it was very interesting to see him named as Mister South Carolina Football. Uh, see, we also got some uh, Yellowstone fans. Uh, Elite GB likes Yellowstone as well. Um, Rhett Womack knows about the speed for Brendan Thompson at receiver. Uh, let me see. Uh, there you go, guys. Um, hey, guys, it's been a show. Uh, one last thing. Uh, you liked anything on this show? Uh, like it on your YouTube platform, like it on your uh, Dog Nation Facebook platform, uh, share it across your timelines if you don't mind. That's what keeps us thriving, <coughs> gives us a robust business, um, what we try to do here. Also, if you, do me this one small favor, friends. Um, if you have not subscribed to the Dog Nation YouTube channel, maybe consider doing that. I think it, I think it costs absolutely nothing. And then you get all these programs when you, something happens on Dog Nation. We'll go live. We'll tell you what we think about it and everything else and bring you that information you really need to know. That's Connor Riley. That's Brandon Adams. That's Mike Griffith. Uh, that's Mike Griffin, excuse me. Um, great team to be a part of here at Dog Nation. And one thing we do, we like to write. We like to cover the dickens out of this team. And we all really love what we do. And we love bringing this information to each and every one of you every day. Um, 
so that's that. That's been before the hedges. I think some special guests will be coming up in the next couple of weeks. Um, be very interesting as we kind of get deeper and deeper into the waters uh, for the uh, 2022 class, as well as what's left in the 2021 class. Uh, from all of us here at Dog Nation, a special thank you for joining us tonight. Hope you enjoy the rest of your week. Cover four tomorrow, of course. Hope you guys enjoy uh, your weekend. Uh, go visit your Kroger. Go stock up with some groceries. That's what we all do as humans and Americans. Uh, thanks again for joining us. I'm Jeff Sintel. See everybody again on the pages of dognation.com. God bless you, everybody. Have a great night. Let's go. I'm a bulldog. So George, who won't pick it? I love the family atmosphere and the way they handle business. Education is important. Trying to reach the next level. I want the best in life. I never settle.